The 2020 NBA draft is in the... Wait, I didn't even introduce myself. Hold on. <laughs> I'm tired, buddy. <laughs> this uh, should be the open. Like, just keep it. Let, let it roll. <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, a Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Christian Rebos, joined by Anthony Irwin on the night of the 2020 NBA draft. Anthony Edwards went first overall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, it, this is the first time I haven't cared about the top of the draft in quite some time. Like yeah. last year, there was some level of interest because the Lakers technically, like they had already traded the pick, but a part of me still wanted to see somebody put on a Lakers hat on. Um, I think DeAndre Hunter's the one that got that awkward picture of him in a Lakers hat <laughs> only to be traded by the Hawk to the Hawks. Yeah. Um, Lakers legend DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> but uh yeah, you know, the draft is always pretty fun. Get to see the future stars of the league. Uh but first, before we get into any of that, how are you doing today, Anthony? You know, I, I can't complain. Uh it was I did you enjoy I, I found myself enjoying the draft a little bit more seeing guys with their family like i was made really nervous because so many people were packed into all of these draft parties like that that made me very very uncomfortable yeah but um in general though i i i think i found myself enjoying the the you know not being in barclay center and watching these guys like i think it led to a lot more emotion like you you notice right. a lot more people a lot more of these guys you know getting teared up or full on crying um and and I think that had a lot to do with the fact that like they were home and they were sitting there with like all of their family and their friends in ways that you aren't you can't quite do uh, when you're at Barclays Center and I I really enjoyed it like this I I don't think the NBA is going to make this a habit but but I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if they did yeah I think like the whole thing about having it at Barclays and and that whole setting is just everybody feels too cool to yeah. cry or or just isn't comfortable in, in a not intimate setting. Uh, I definitely really enjoyed it. Um, I only got emotional one time during the night, and it was because uh, somebody from Chino Hills got drafted. Uh, Onyeko Kongwu. Oh, it wasn't it? Wasn't you weren't torn up about the Ball family? <laughs> no, no, they have. Uh, <laughs> by all accounts, they've had a, a pretty good life. Uh, but no, uh, Onyeko Kongwu who. Went sixth overall to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, his older brother was a friend of mine. I met mm -hmm. him when I was in sixth grade. He was at least a foot taller than me, <laughs> but I always used to call him my little buddy um, just because he was a mammoth. We went. It's like those, I, I love those ironic nicknames, right? <laughs> like Tiny in the movies is always like the giant dude. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's exactly what it was. Uh, then we went we went to junior high together um he obviously uh for being tall and just for being like a really cool person um started hanging out in different circles than me just cuz people liked him more i don't blame them <laughs> um but yeah he was he was a uh, a very nice fellow and uh and unfortunately he passed away um boy want to say four or five years ago now and uh they did a little tribute to him on espn i thought that was really nice um 
seeing the way he reacted to getting drafted and being surrounded with his family, uh, a good family by all accounts was really nice. So, um, that's the only, that's the only time I got really emotional. Obviously everybody has their stories that make them interesting, uh, on draft night. ESPN has the little profiles they do, but I thought it was nice. So quick, quick shout out to the Okongwu family and, and Chino Hills. I, I claim Chino, but I reside in Chino Hills. Uh, so I will, I'll take it. <laughs> well, I mean, like anytime somebody that close goes to goes pro, right? Like I, it happens a lot more often in like the Chino and Chino Hills area than like where I grew up. I think Esperanza has pro- produced, my high school has produced one professional basketball player. And it's that Casey guy who went to Stanford, right? Oh, okay. And he's not even good. Um, <laughs> so like, so like it's, it's kind of you, you, that connection is, is obviously cool. What do you think about the way that ESPN covers like the tragedy? I, 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 I get made very uncomfortable by it. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like American Idol where they have them tell like they're, like I don't want to minimize them to sob stories because they are no, very sad. Like, but yeah, like it, things actually it, happen. It is uh it is a little strange. Um, but you know, I I there's a human aspect to basketball. Uh but the non-sad story that I found really interesting, and I don't want to get this wrong, I believe it was Patrick Williams who worked at a flower shop and yeah. was giving tips on how to keep flowers cool and, and fresh for delivery. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Any NBA prospect that worked at a flower <laughs> shop and put the work in is probably going to have a long career in the NBA. So congratulations to the Chicago Bulls. You got yourself a stud. <laughs> we, we actually like the, the, the term that the kids use, right? The phrase that the kids use, like you better give them his flowers. It's actually appropriate here. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Hello, fellow young people. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I just think, I just think like for, for these kids and, and ESPN did this with the NFL draft too, where it's the tears that these kids are crying. There's obviously like in, in, in the case of, um, uh, Onyom, Onyomwu, is that how you say uh, it? Uh, yeah. Okongwu. It's Onyeka Okongwu. There, yeah. there you go. So, so in that case, like where he lost a brother, obviously like that's, that's something that is, you know, is going through his mind and those are, there's some sad tears mixed in there, but for the most part, all these guys are like crying happy tears. Yeah. Like these are, these are legitimate dreams being accomplished and you're on the verge of wealth that you never thought possible right. when you were growing up. And, uh, you know, personally, if you're going to, if you're going to go like human element there, I would like maybe not in growing up with SNL, they had the Debbie Downer thing. Right. Uh, And, and, you know, personally I would maybe err on the side of, Hey, let's like try to get this guy to laugh or, or, or like really like all the, all the emotions that are going through your mind. Let's not immediately dive into the sad stuff. Like adversity is obviously important and, and it's, and it's a in a a crucial factor in like every good story, but like we can just say like, hey, what are you gonna you know what's the first thing you're gonna do with with your first NBA contract? Like, what do you what do you what, like what do you what are your thoughts on like your new teammates and stuff like that? Like, we're you know those are the, those are the kinds of things that you could. It's not even that I'm telling ESPN like only ask those questions. But mix them in every so often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like this close to asking about like the red wedding and all your status moments, watching <laughs> movies and stuff. I, I just think 
you know, you can, we can mix this up a little bit and, and offer some levity to it as well. What is this, your saddest moment watching movies? I feel like I know the answer because you tweeted about it a whole bunch, but I'll let you answer. Well, I mean, like Coco gets me yeah. every freaking time. <laughs> it doesn't help that, so not, not Mama Coco. Like she is, she's obviously, I had a great, great grandma that I met when I was like six years old. Um, on my mom's side. So she technically would maybe look like Mama Coco, but the grandma, Coco's daughter, is like a freaking clone of my grandma. Yeah. And so like when she tears up and she's like, you know, that moment, yeah. Now, you see, now I got goosebumps. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> you're like, you're asking me like I'm going to the pros or something like that. Do you have one like that? Or is, it, is that? Um, you know, yeah, Coco got me. Um, that's probably the last movie I got. Oh, you know what? weird but mm. like also understandable is the closing scene to avengers end game oh. is the last movie that made me shed a tear i did not get emotional the first time i watched it mm-hmm. and i don't want to get too sappy my girlfriend's gonna hate this but <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of end game i the second time i saw it with my girlfriend because she couldn't make it the first night um just seeing like him dance with Peggy and just like have this happily ever after the yeah. song that's being played, the fade to black. I'm mm-hmm. with my girlfriend. <laughs> I, I, I kid you not a single tear came uh-huh. down my face and I was like, what is, what is going on? Why am, <laughs> why is this happening? But uh, that's probably the last uh, movie I cried at. Yeah. The, like I'm a baby. Like I, I'm, I, you know, I'll just, I'll just come out and say it like throughout infinite or throughout Endgame, right where where like happy tells uh his daughter oh, right. like he liked he liked hamburgers like i was like oh my god he did like hamburgers <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so yeah but but yeah i just think like you know yes man just throw some throw some that like have some fun there like yeah. the, the the analysts are, are are pretty good about this like they gave mark davis a standing ovation like that was a funny moment like i enjoyed that like have some fun with it. Have a little bit more fun than like just immediately diving into the worst moments in some of these people's lives during their best moments right. of their life. Right. Yeah. I anytime I don't know if this happens at Barclays, but anytime Mark Tatum walks to the stage, I feel like he should get a standing ovation for sure. <laughs> so, somebody tweeted uh today that uh Draft Express is Woj's Mark Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. That's, uh, that, that got me. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to recap uh, everything that happened in the draft. So we mentioned Anthony Edwards going number one overall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, rounding at the top five was James Wiseman, who will go to the Warriors. They're obviously in the news, uh, but we'll get to that. The Charlotte Hornets drafted LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. So Michael Jordan and LeVar Ball will, I'm hoping... Play one-on-one for charity. Uh, As we mentioned, the Bulls drafted Patrick Williams and the Cleveland Cavaliers drafted Isaac Okoro. Um, Of those five teams, who do you think improved immediately with their pick or or has the potential to see the the most turnaround with, with the pick they made? I don't know. I think they all tie for a second, right? Like, I don't... So in even in a normal draft, like even in a Zion draft, Zion doesn't necessarily help you win that first year, right? 
And so this is not a normal year in that it doesn't have a star like that. Now, like I really like Wiseman a lot, especially given the kind of role that he's going to be asked to play. Right. Um, I think of, of the positive impacts, just given the situation, I think he has the best um, opportunity in terms of, of what's going to be asked of him and what he's capable of doing as a rookie in fitting in. I don't think he's going to win rookie of the year because he's going to have a smaller role, but I prefer my rookies to have a smaller role. So uh, I think he's somebody that, that I'm, I'm really happy where he wound up. Um, Lamelo is interesting in, in that, like, you know, does this mean Terry Rogier is on his way out? Does this mean, you know, there was some talk that Minnesota wanted to swap uh, one and three and then bring over Michael Bridges in, um, I would have loved that move for, for Minnesota and for Charlotte, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I, this draft isn't very good by all accounts. I'm not even saying this as a draft expert. I'm just, I've just been hearing nonstop that the top end of this draft is something that nobody really wanted anything to do with. And because of that, I don't think anybody got significantly better. Do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think obviously James Wiseman has the the potential to make the biggest impact right away. Um, the guard rotation in Minnesota is so interesting to me because mm-hmm. obviously the Timberwolves traded for Ricky Rubio. Welcome back. I'm always happy to see Rubio in a Timberwolves jersey, especially yeah. the jerseys they dropped earlier today. I think he's going to look great. The bun, <laughs> the beard. He's, yeah. he's just glowed up since the last time he was in Minnesota. Um Obviously have D'Angelo Russell. Now have Anthony Edwards. And then Malik Beasley is a restricted free agent. Like, I have no idea what's going to go on there, but there's going to be a lot of talent at at both guard spots and, and not a lot of playing time. Uh, I think James Wiseman will probably be a spark plug of sorts off the bench, um, which is good because from what it sounds like, uh, he can't stay focused for an entire game because he doesn't <laughs> like watching basketball. <laughs> uh, That's what I look for in my, in my number one overall pick. Doesn't <laughs> like basketball is a box that I really want checked off. I mean, yeah, that's, that's just insane <laughs> to me. Um, LaMelo ball, the Devonte Graham LaMelo ball backcourt is going to be interesting. Uh, I think LaMelo ball absolutely needs to have the ball in his hands to make an impact. And why wouldn't you want to have the ball in his hands? He's, a really, really, really talented playmaker. Like mm-hmm. all the nice stuff you say about Lonzo Ball in terms of him being a passer, you can say about Lamelo Ball. Except Lamelo Ball's passes are a little more showboaty, I guess. Yeah, and he has the potential to be like an actual three-level scorer at, in the NBA. Which yeah. can't say the same about Lonzo. They both have funky jump shots. Lamelo's isn't as funky. Um, he might be a one level. Like we can, we're not positive. We can say Lonzo is a one level <laughs> score. I mean, let he alone shot a, three. a decent percentage from behind, behind <laughs> three point line. So I'll give him that. But yeah, mid range at the rim. Uh, yeah, I'll reserve my um, It's funny though, because you, you brought up a good point. When you look at the top of the draft, it's not exactly deep. Um, Outside of those three, I liked Onyeka, and not just because of the uh, hometown tie. Um, out, outside of those, like, four, I was not in love with this draft class. That being said, 
as you get towards the end of the draft and you're not looking for a franchise changer, there are some like really good names available. Uh, I really like the Josh Green pickup by the Mavericks. I think he yes, can yeah. be that three and D guy they need. I know they traded for Josh Richardson. I also loved that pickup. That was mm-hmm. awesome for them. Um, the 76ers picking up Tyrese Maxey, more of an upside play than a uh, like a ready contributor. But I mean, again, another really great pickup. And then for some reason, I don't know why, but Desmond Bain fell to 30th to the Celtics. Like, what are we doing? I, did, I don't think he's a Celtic. I think he's with Memphis. Oh, wait, trade it to the Grizzlies. You're right, you're right. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I would have been pissed if he went to Boston. <laughs> no, then, they went with the white guy instead. They, like, <laughs> really on-brand move there at Boston. Well done. And then the Kings, uh, if you can believe it, had the steal of the night, getting Xavier uh, Tillman Sr. at the 35th pick. I don't know what other teams were doing, um, but even more shocking than the fact that he fell was the fact that the Kings made <laughs> the right decision by drafting him. Yeah. Like the same can be said of uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Like they got a few steals of the draft. Uh, actually, hold on. Xavier Tillman Sr. was traded to the Grizzlies. Uh, they drafted Robert Woodard with the 40th, which is still a good pick. Yeah. But, um, that was somebody I wanted the Lakers to buy, especially when he fell all the way to 40. Yeah. That was somebody I really had an eye on because he's, he's a wing and if you can pick up a wing at that stretch of the draft, then I think you, you really have to get in there. I'm kind of interesting. I have a theory that, that Fertitta really kind of screwed up everybody trying to buy a pick because he yeah. spent <laughs> 4.6 mil on a second rounder. And now like that became the expectation for everybody holding a second rounder. Uh, that was, I think that kind of screwed over the Lakers because that was a spot, especially at that 40 spot where they normally would have bought in, uh, but Pete and I, we talked about this on Lockdown Lakers, that because of how non-traditional this scouting period was, that it might just be that the Lakers weren't comfortable spending any money on a pick that they didn't get to scout the way that they normally would be able to. Yeah, so I think that is a fair assessment. I also think a part of the Lakers' inactivity in the draft and probably the inactivity we'll see in an undrafted free agency too is the fact that they already have a two-way slot committed to Devonte Kaycock. And, you know, if Costas doesn't sign the Supermax this off season, I fully expect them. Did I say Costas? Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> really high on Costas. Well, I mean, we'll see how, uh, we'll see how next season goes, but sorry. Yeah. <laughs> If Giannis has not signed the Supermax. A max two-way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this offseason. Uh, Kostas will probably be back. So as, as nice as it is to think about, like, the Lakers finding another Alex Caruso, which I don't doubt that they will. They had, the draft guys they have there are fantastic. Uh, I think Taylor Horton Tucker is going to be a real contributor. Uh, Devontae K. Cock has an opportunity to soak up backup center minutes whenever – He'll play the JaVale role, like when he's available with the team, right? With a bigger team, because so, um, yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. I don't want to say the Lakers won't sign anybody. Uh, I still have no idea what's going to happen with the G League, um, but yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. But overall, uh, a pretty interesting draft night. Um, and now we look ahead to free agency, and the Lakers 
I already, I think, made their biggest splash of of the offseason mm-hmm. by trading for Dennis Schroeder, which became available or became official uh, Wednesday night. Um, you and I have not had the chance to talk about the Dennis Schroeder trade. Mm-hmm. Now that it is done, now that we know that there is no third team involved, the Lakers won't be getting any more assets from any teams. What do you think about the value that the Lakers got and how Schroeder can help this team? Well, I think it's important to understand that like this wasn't no deal gets made in a vacuum, right? Like I think there's a case to be made that if it was just this trade with no understanding that they are going to replace Danny Green in some way, shape or form, that I'd be nervous, right? Like if they don't find somebody to fill that Danny Green role, like Wesley Matthews is the guy that, you know, immediately floated to the surface that they're interested in right after the the report of the trade being agreed to. Uh, I don't think that was a coincidence. I think Rob Polinka probably kind of canvassed the league, saw who he had a shot at uh, to replace Green, and then pulled the trigger on this one. And yeah. if you if you think about it in 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 the context that I think it went down, I think it's a home run deal for the Lakers. I really like the pickup, uh, especially if Schroeder's shooting from uh, last year was not an outlier. You know, which it was a high enough jump to where you'd be nervous that it might be um, an outlier, right? Like, like the Kuzma's rookie season appears to be an outlier, right? Because we saw uh, that kind of drop, you know, but, but I would rather pick up somebody who, even if he, even if he regresses by a couple percentage points is going to be shooting 36% from, from three point range uh, and he's going to get, like, I know there was some concern from people who wanted to be down on the trade that, you know, well, you got to look at his numbers on and off with with Chris Paul. And it's like, well, okay, swap out Chris Paul for LeBron James. I think he's going to be fine in, 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 in that regard. So uh, I, I think in terms of fit, he's basically playoff Rondo on a more nightly basis. I'm, yes. I'm fine with that. I think you are absolutely right in saying that. I think he will... I mean, assuming he's the same player he's been all season with the Lakers and not this super Nova version of him that he was with the Thunder. Um, don't know if he'll be playing 30 minutes per game with the Lakers. Uh, he has, he certainly has the talent to, but it goes back to, is he a fit with LeBron James? There was a report that LeBron James has had his eye on him for a little while and wanted to play with him. So, you know, Frank will try it. Uh, I think the real value of Schroeder is the nights where LeBron James is going to get a little extra rest, which we expect there to be a lot of to begin the season because of how quickly it's starting back up. Um, And I think assuming the Lakers are done making trades, which I think is a pretty safe assumption. um, I think Schroeder can unlock something in that second unit that Rondo couldn't just because of the type of player he was. Uh, hopefully that unlocks somebody like Kyle Kuzma, assuming he's still on the roster when the season begins. Um, the backcourt of Rondo and Caruso was a lot better than I gave Frank credit for at the beginning of the season. They ended up working out great. And if Caruso can take a leap from behind the three-point line, that's, that move looks even better. Um, the area I'm most interested in seeing now is that replacement, like you said, because wing defense is still important. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously hoping to bring back Contavious Caldwell Pope, and honestly, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Uh, but outside of Contavious Caldwell Pope, 
you're either looking at Wesley Matthews on the veterans minimum or Avery Bradley on a longer, possibly more expensive contract than he made last season. Between those two options, which would you rather have? Matthews, for sure. He's, he's a more consistent shooter, and he's bigger. Yeah. So, Yeah. Because I, I, I think, like, if you look at the kind of defenders that, or the kind of defender that Avery Bradley is, Schroeder does a lot of that stuff, right? The, the pesky on-ball stuff, uh, really utilizing uh, wingspan to bother guys at, at, around his size. What Wesley Matthews offers is what the Lakers are going to be directly missing with Green's departure. You know, the, you, you think about it like this. You watch Anthony Davis in those playoffs where somebody smaller than Davis was guarding him, and you could just see, especially now because NBA.com kind of upgraded uh, their their replay um, choice, I guess, uh, and and like you can see it when he's releasing the ball. Those smaller guys was not they weren't in his line of sight at all. And and you kind of saw it with KCP trying to guard Con, uh, <laughs> Kawhi, not Kanye, uh, <laughs> trying to guard trying to guard Kawhi, where Kawhi would rise up and he just didn't see uh, KCP anywhere there. And and I think when you have somebody about Wesley Matthews' size and his ability to be physical, uh, that's that's where the Lakers really need to be able to replace Green. And like I wish Avery Bradley well. I apparently have to wish Javale McGee well because. Yeah. He he's getting ready to opt out, which really surprises me. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I that I don't think I kind of wonder. Like Harrison has been on this quite a bit, where he's saying that uh, you know this has a lot to do with them opting, not wanting to opt in to just be trade chips. Yeah, right. I think that's um, correct. So I think you know they they're willing to take a potential financial hit to be able to choose the situation that they that they play in next year, which. You know that's that's their prerogative, but it still surprises me that they're giving up money for that. I'm I'm fine with it. It probably helps the Lakers, but but uh, it's it's it. Those are two decisions that that kind of baffled me when I heard about them. Yeah, I I fully expected Javale to be back, um, but again, uh, to your point, I expected them to be. I expected him to be traded as soon as he opted in. So, yeah. uh, who knows what'll happen there? He could be. <laughs> James Wiseman's mentor in Golden State, <laughs> run it back. Um, but yeah, I I agree with 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 the points you made there. The the I think the biggest question for me right now is if that Milwaukee Sacramento trade actually falls through, which has been reported. It's the most insane. Like from the way it's being reported right now, it sounded like the Bucks and Kings talked. And the Kings were like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't Bogdanovich want to play with Giannis and Zucupo and on a contender? <laughs> like, that's an absolute no-brainer. Uh, go ahead and tell your people that th- this yeah, is all. I'm going to go talk to him. We'll uh-huh. get this done as soon as possible. And then Bogey was like, you did what? <laughs> <You're> sh- <laughs> Do you know how signing trades work, Monty McNair? <laughs> so, uh, See, like that situation is so ridiculous that I don't think that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, and if it's not, this is the most elaborate way I've ever seen anybody avoid a tampering fine in my life. And, yeah, you know, say what you will about maybe the way they handled it, maybe the way the Kings front office dialed it back after all of this leaked. 
But if you're a Kings fan and they went through all of that to avoid a tampering fine, you say, this is an upgrade over Vlade. This is everything I wanted as a Kings fan. <laughs> I, I guess. I, it kind of reminds me of, oh, man, I think it was the Clippers. They made some move that they thought was agreed on already and they leaked that the move was done and it pissed off the other team that they were dealing with and the, the other team said nope we take it back we don't want to make this <laughs> trade anymore and and it was like the most clippers thing to happen at that time because they were still it was still the uh uh racist donor era whose name i kind of oh sterling um it was it was still that era where the, the clippers were still a, a joke and it was the most predictable thing uh, with this, I kind of feel like it's uh, – I'll just say that it wouldn't shock me if we saw this trade go through yeah. uh, once, once, it's, you know, it's, once it's allowed. My question, though, is like whether the league is actually going to let it go through. Right? Pro- like if, probably. They'll slap them on the wrist, give them a fine. Well, I, I know Chad Ford um, on the, the live stream for, for Locked On tonight said that the league would consider taking away a pick or not allowing the, the trade to go down at all because it's such a, it's such a blatant like disregard for, for tampering rules. So I like, I, I personally, I think it's something that the league should stop even like tr- pretending to care about. You know, I just think you, you let it go at this point, the, the cat's out of the bag, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube. Um, but, but you know, if they are going to pretend to care about it, then this trade probably can't happen. So, like, maybe it is a situation that you're talking about where the, where the Kings management just didn't understand how a sign-and-trade worked, that they right. thought, like, they could sign Bogey and trade him, <laughs> right. not like Bogey would sign, agree to go there, and then allow himself to be a part of a trade, um, which, like, is a, it's so bafflingly stupid that I can't believe that that's actually what happened. Um, but it's either that or... They tampered, and they're going to try to announce this deal. And I kind of wonder if the league steps in and says, "Like, so, so wait, what? You did tamper then, after all? That's that's what we're talking about here." And then the another question I have is for like all of the journalists and all of the people covering these teams who are now like just voicing the the explanation for this. Like, if this trade does go through, I'm going to look sideways at these at these journalists who are like reporting this trade now. That that like they're saying is on, it got hung up by whatever. If it goes through, I'm going to say like, oh, so so you just unquestion unquestioningly. Am I saying that unquestioningly? There you yes. go. Uh, and you know, just re- echoed what these guys are saying without ever like being skeptic about the fact that this might just be a play to avoid a tampering fine. Like that, the whole situation is wild to me. Like there's there's no way everybody walks away from this completely clean. Yeah, but if you're a Lakers fan, you have to be hoping that the trade does go through because I think if that trade falls apart, Milwaukee probably turns to Wesley Matthews and says, hey, yeah, we have an open spot at shooting guard again <laughs> next to Drew Holiday. You guys are yeah. going to make a pretty menacing defensive backcourt. Um, what do you say? So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be... An interesting few months. Do you have any predictions? Uh, a few I, days, as, not few months. A few days. Oh right, <laughs> I, we're, you're telling me we're not in June. That the <laughs> yeah. season doesn't start in October. 
Jesus. I was like, I was thinking like while I was watching all of these, these draft day parties at, at the prospect's house, like these guys are going to have to quarantine immediately. Like in order to be at camp in 14 days or whatever insane number we're talking about, like these guys aren't going to have enough time to quarantine from having like the balls have like 50 people in their house. Today. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> that seems like a bit of a risk heading into next season, but, but yeah, we're, we're already there. Apartment shopping has to be done in like 14 days. Um, as somebody who's done that, that sucks. Like having to get that done in so quick of time. Oof. That, yeah. So best of luck to everybody. Um, should be fun. I expect the Lakers to bring a lot of guys back. Um, who knows what's going to happen with a mid-level exception. But uh, yeah, we should, we should see a, a fun Lakers team. Uh, Anthony, thank you for joining me. Talk about the draft for a little bit and also talk about uh, crying at movies. Um, <laughs> we will... We will You will hear from all of us next week.